You are listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, it's Nancy Calabrese, and it's time for Conversational Selling, the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today. And it always starts with the human conversation. Joining us today is Patty Block, founder and president of the Block Group. Patty and her team bring a unique perspective to the complex issues that confront women business owners, serving as a trusted advisor with fresh eyes and new ideas, leveraging the power of focus to implement financial, operational, and business development strategies that build value and consistency. Four out of every 10 businesses in the U.S. are owned by women, with a tremendous impact on their communities and employing 8% of the total private sector workforce. Every day, women business owners in every industry struggle with profit-eating, productivity-draining issues that wear them down financially and emotionally. But their real problem isn't what they think it is. Owners become so bogged down with management they lose sight of the crucial ingredient for building a solid company that moves forward. So in comes the block group from improving cash flow to increasing staff productivity to scaling for growth and more. And managed effectively, change can become a productive force for growth. So, okay, I'm calling all women business owners out there. This is going to be a great conversation. Welcome to the show, Patty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I can't wait to dive in because obviously I own a business and I'm a woman. So we're speaking with an expert, ladies. Why don't we start with um, what you say? We tend to get bogged down with management. I mean, what does that mean? And maybe you can clarify it. And How do we fix it? Sure. You know, one of the issues that we run into is we have all these symptoms. So let's say cash flow is tight. Let's say you're worried about where your next client is coming from. I work with women that are experts in their fields. Often they're technical experts in financial services, engineering, in law, accounting. And so What I realized many years ago is that it starts with pricing and we have all these operational symptoms and we think that that's the problem, Mm -hmm. but it's really not. The problem is our companies are not profitable enough for us to build a team or support for ourselves. And we keep doing the work and we keep bringing in new clients And we're on a bit of a treadmill. Right. So what I realized is we have to go to the foundational issue of pricing. And when I was growing up, my mom used to make these fabulous cookies. Okay. The whole house smelled good. It was warm. The cookies were gooey. I mean, fantastic cookies. You can just imagine, right? You can almost smell it. Well, you're making me hungry. Now I've got to stop that. (laughs) Exactly. And All my life, my mom used to eat the broken cookies, but it wasn't until I was a teenager that I even thought to ask her, why do you eat the broken cookies? Do they taste better? Mm -hmm. 
And my mom laughed and said, no, I eat the broken cookies so you can have the whole ones. And along with the statistics you mentioned a moment ago, several years ago, I saw a really, to me, shocking statistic, which was that 62% of women rely on their business for their primary income. And 88% of those businesses make less than $100,000 a year. Wow. And I started connecting the dots thinking, this is just like when my mom was eating all the broken cookies, that everybody else in our business, our staff, our clients for sure, and our families get the whole cookie. And we live on crumbs. And why is that? You know, we tend to bring this spirit of self-sacrifice into our businesses. And so I really diagnose that as the foundational problem. And that's really what I teach is how to generate more revenue with less stress. Now, does this happen to male-owned businesses? It probably does in some cases, especially if they're technical experts. Because again, um, as technical experts, often we don't know how to run a business. Right. We come out of corporate and we start businesses and there's a lot of mystery to that. How do you price? How do you sell? How do you bring in clients? Where do you find your clients? So all of those elements really cause a lot of confusion. And I think the, the guys struggle with this, but less so that issue of self-sacrifice because men typically are not raised that way. Um, Really interesting. So I want to also go back to what you say about pricing. So how do you figure out competitive pricing? Well, I look at it differently. Instead of competitive pricing, I look at value-based pricing. Okay. And who are you selling to and what do they value? So a lot of what I teach is about building value in the mind of your ideal buyer. And I make a distinction between an ideal buyer and an ideal client. Okay. And the the reason I do that is because an ideal client does not happen by accident. And we make a mistake if we think it does. So the example I give is if you have a client who is calling you at nine o'clock at night with her hair on fire. Mm -hmm. And you have explained to her that you don't take calls after hours, but she could send you an email and then you would get back with her first thing in the morning. And she continues to call you at nine o'clock at night. That is not an ideal client. Correct. And part of what you can then do is set expectations and enforce those expectations. So the first time you answer that phone at nine o'clock at night, right? You've really kind of shot yourself in the foot. Right. You've set a new precedent, right? Exactly. You've allowed it to happen. And you feel that women tend to do more of that than men? Yeah. Yes. Well, there's this kind of double whammy that we deal with as women. First, we undervalue ourselves and we underprice our services. And then we overdeliver. So any profit that was built into our pricing, if there was profit built in, it right. swept away because we over-deliver to such a high extent. 
Right. So, plus, if you're over delivering, you are missing other opportunities. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about value pricing. How does a business determine the value that their clients are looking for? So the first thing to do is start with who you're selling to mm -hmm. and really analyzing that. And we kind of take it for granted that we know who our audience is. Mm -hmm. And maybe we've refined it over the years. I know I have. I've been in business almost 16 years and I've really refined that over time. And I'm still surprised when I narrow who I'm looking to work with, or I expand it, or mm -hmm. make changes, because that is not a static thing. Mm -hmm. Your audience will change over time, their needs change, their desires change. And we need, as entrepreneurs, we need to really tap into that. How often would you suggest reviewing it? I do mine yearly. Okay. I really look carefully. So I do all my planning for my company at the end of every year. And that's one of the things I look at. I go back and look at who is my ideal buyer, not my ideal client, right? Yep. I know who my ideal clients are. And part of that is because I have set and managed expectations. But I go back and look at who are my ideal buyers? Who do I believe they are? Mm -hmm. And how can I refine that more? So as I said, it kind of surprises me every year that I realize there are ways I can refine that more. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I did a couple of years ago was market research, reaching out to people that I believe are ideal buyers, asking them strategic questions, recording those meetings. So then I could transcribe and really capture their language. Uh huh. And I think that's a really important exercise because until you understand at a very deep level who your audience is and what they want, not what they need, right? But what they want, then it's very hard to speak to them in a language they get. Mm hmm. Interesting. Um, when you, you did that market research, were people really receptive? to your interest in asking questions and recording them? Yes. And sometimes flattered that I would ask because I'm asking their opinion. Yeah. And I'm, I'm asking about them and their business and what's important to them. Yeah. So people were very, not only receptive, but very gracious and giving. And at the end, I would uh, then ask them, I'm putting together programs. I'm working on how to meet the needs of this particular audience. Mm -hmm. And could I check back with you to let you know what I learned and what I'm building? And of course, everybody's polite. So everyone says yes. Okay. And, but, it, but it was an open door sure. to then be able to go back to them, which I did. I guess that's the key. If you're going to ask people to do something, you really have to live up to your deliverables, right? So that mm -hmm. no matter what happens, you part uh, as friends and, uh, you know, build relationships from that point on. Yes. And also, I'm very honest, direct, and authentic. So people know that about me. Mm -hmm. And I want to reinforce that 
but I wasn't asking them questions to serve myself alone. I was also asking them questions to get them thinking and to question things that we often think of as routine. It actually right. goes back to your initial question about getting bogged down in management. Right. We tend to get on this treadmill and we just keep riding it. And it's a disservice yeah. to our companies and to ourselves. Yeah. How long do you think it really takes a business to, or a, a, a business owner to get out of that? It varies. It depends on sometimes the point that they are in the life cycle of their business. Mm -hmm. It can depend on if they have a staff, how big their staff is, because any changes that a business owner makes, if they have staff, they need to bring their staff along. Right. And obviously that takes more time. For the women that I work with, they are sometimes solopreneurs. Sometimes they have a small team. And sometimes okay. they have a somewhat bigger team, maybe 15 or 20 employees, but these are all small companies. Yeah. And so the ability to make change can happen very quickly. Okay. Um, what would you like me to spotlight? One of the programs that I've built is called the Revenue Roundtable. Mm -hmm. and this came out of the programs that I developed. So I have a program called Value Driven Pricing that helps women price for value and understand the mechanics and the psychology behind that. I have a second program called Painless Selling to Ideal Buyers. And I named it that because women often find selling to be painful and we avoid it. So I wanted to, I, I developed a sales method that works very well for women. And I wanted to help my clients and my colleagues understand there's a different way you can approach this. Sure. Can you give and, us any, um, any tidbits of that program about selling? Cause that, of course, this is all my world selling. So what is it that you suggest they do? So they don't feel like they're selling. You're spot on in terms of talking about um, having that approach of conversational selling. Yeah. And one of the things I have observed and I find in my research is when something is super uncomfortable, we avoid it. And, and again, we as humans, not just we as women, but the problem is when we're avoiding it and we're burying ourselves in providing the service right. or running our companies, then our revenue is up and down all the time. And that causes a whole host of other problems. So I start with the relationship with money and how you were raised, what you believe about money. Everyone believes different things. And sometimes for women, it's very difficult to ask for money, to even talk about their fees. Yeah. So we start with the psychology first, and then I help them understand there are really two paths. Everyone talks about the buyer's journey, which I talk about as well, but there are two paths. One is your buyer's journey and right. the other is your journey. Okay. And that is often left out of the equation is, is what is my journey as the quote seller? And when you have these authentic conversations, but it is a framework 
then you're not recreating the wheel every time you have a new prospect. Yeah. And you are less likely to avoid that whole circumstance because you have a method and you have a framework and it feels so much, not only easier, but comfortable. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that anybody that owns a business is in sales. I believe any position within a company has a sales element to it. And people, um, you know, will say, well, you know what, I did this and I didn't have to sell, but we're always selling ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And when people ask me about starting a company, I don't typically work with startups. Okay. But when people ask my opinion about starting a company, it's one of the first things I tell them is if you feel uncomfortable selling, yeah. then you need to solve that first. Yeah. And building something and then trying to sell it is backwards. You need to make sure you have an audience, you have yeah. buyers. Yeah. And I was talking to a client yesterday who was who got advice from a different coach to build an online program. And she came to me to ask, how do I price this? And I said, honestly, I think you're doing this backwards. You can't price it. And frankly, it doesn't matter how you price it if you don't know who your buyers are right. and you don't know what's important to them and what they value. So the approach is really critical to your success. Mm -hmm. And people, I, I think, you know, there's this old corporate model that we've all grown up with. Mm -hmm. And so we think that that's the way we're supposed to do things. And it never worked for women. It definitely doesn't work today, that old corporate model from 150 years ago. Yeah. And there are new innovative ways that you can approach your business. And that's really the crux of what I teach. Wow. It's really great. You know, um, we're running out of time. I could speak with you uh, for an hour or more. And, and, and so I, I, how can my audience reach you? And what's one of the takeaways you want to leave them with? So I love meeting new people. So you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn and it's Patty with a Y, Patty Block. Okay. Also, you can go to my website, theblockgroup.net. And I'd like to invite your audience to a free quiz that I offer called My Revenue Roadblocks. You can go to myrevenueroadblocks.com mm -hmm. or you can go to my website, theblockgroup.net, and there's a link there. And that is meant to help you discover what is in your way, especially right. as it relates to revenue and how you're generating it and what some of those roadblocks are that are keeping you stuck or not reaching the potential that you know your company has. Wow. I, you know, thank you, Patty, for sharing all of your expertise. And I want to thank everybody in the audience for listening. I, I mean, all female business owners need Patty. Be sure to reach out to her when you're ready to scale and you're ready to grow. And uh, Patty, I hope you come back so we can continue the discussion. I would love to. Yeah. Um, have a fantastic sales day, everyone. See you next time. 
The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you are frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com forward slash book.